most difficult tasks on this podcast is finding the intro video. All right, here we go. Winter, spring, summer, fall, seasons change. We still keep it together. Hey, Beverly Hills 90210 fans. Are you ready to dive deep? Episode by episode. Storyline by storyline, character by character, as we break down the making of your favorite zip code with your host, Charles <laughs> Rose. Did I say that? Harry Mullen. this thing about the, the, the real person, and we're going, what? We're getting rid of this guy. Pete Ferrero. I'm feeling wonderful. <laughs> Kathleen looks crush, TV crush worthy. Like so many special guests, and all your questions. Live on the Beverly Hills 90210 Show. Oh, yeah. Okay, here we are back on the Beverly Hills 90210 Show. It's been a couple of weeks. We've been putting things together and all been very busy in our in our lives. Uh, it's good to see our friends uh, Chuck and Larry. Charles, how's everything going on with you? What's, what's happening, man? Oh, well, granddaughter's is getting better, responding well to treatment. That's the number one part. Um, it's good. We are, um, we, as some of you know, I've, we've been doing some battles with the city of Los Angeles over some land use issues here in Venice, and we uh, seem to be making some headway in that. So that's a good thing. And um, I, the best, uh, the team with the best record in baseball plays in Los Angeles. So. Well, there I you go. Pretty good things going on. Um, and how about for you, Larry? You've been out and about doing things. Um, what's it like to be back? And by the way, how is everything going on with the with the with the uh, the whole the construction? The construction. That's really oh, important. Uh, to me. You know, we're very very close. We're waiting for inspection now to get our scaffolding down. So, is the yeah, scaffolding done? Is the scaffolding the building soon? The scaffolding yeah, still there. up. Oh yeah, it's still up because it has to be up for the inspection, so the inspector can move around the building. But it does it feel like you're almost at a closing point with this? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're probably you know I think Labor Day weekend's going to kind of bone us a little bit, but you know certainly right after it. But yeah, okay. I've been busy. You know, I'm going to uh, I've been working on a young adult novel called The Cool okay. Guys Kid, and I'm thinking of releasing it on my website, 15 pages a week for the uh, non to no fans. I think will really enjoy this uh, this style more than my adult Max Dean trilogy. Uh, uh, but they're the same quality, same kind of fun. So I, I'm going to announce that pretty soon. Oh, nice. Good. It's really exciting. I mean, Charles wanna... Dickens did it. You know, why should not? <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, uh, is, is, is this so now? Is this is how is it going, Larry? Do you want to give us any teasers or what people can be looking for in this? In oh, this? It's, it's, you know, it's about a West L.A. kid whose father cleans pools in Beverly Hills and he gets wrapped up in a, you know, a, a big, you know, murder scandal investigation and. There's a, there's romantic triangles in it and danger and you know same crazy stuff and hopefully some humor. I think it's pretty cool. Um, that's what I've been doing. You know. Well, that's very cool, man. Um, well, a lot's happened in the world of Beverly Hills 90210. Of course, we're talking about uh, Denise Dowse today, who uh, I don't know if it was, sho- it was shockingly passed and it was a surprise to me. I don't know about if I didn't know that she was ill for a long time or anything. It does feel like it was pretty sudden. Um, and we're going to do a whole show here, so show some clips. But just generally, Chuck, what did you think of what happened? And it's it's been a rough period of time for us here, you know, with Jessica passing and then Denise passing, and it feels like, you know, this is what's happening these days. What's your thoughts on all of this? Well, Pete, I don't know. Uh, she comes on the show. Uh, we do the show. After the show, I look to you. I say, Pete. Do you think Denise Stouse looked okay? You say, yeah, she looked fine. <laughs> I didn't think she looked so good, and uh, and uh, I guess I was right, unfortunately. Um, she, she didn't had... look the same. She did not look the same as her, right? No. How we remember but, her, for sure. But she, um, you know, Denise and I, my, you know, my oddly enough, my best memory with Denise happened years after the show was done, because prior to... Uh, the Beverly Hills 90210 show, there was a podcast called The Blazers. And, and I just want to say for the record, I love we've never talked about them here, but I used to listen to you on The Blaze. I loved them. They would they would put you in a in the like the center of the, the show that I don't know what they were talking about, but then all of a sudden it would be like Chuck's Corner. 
right? Josh and then you would, you would come on, and I was like, this guy has got so many interesting things. The show should be just Chuck's Corner, and that's what Beverly Hills 90210 show uh, really came about to be. Well, it yeah, was good. That way, that way I would do my corner for them. We would pre-record it. And then I never had to listen to the podcast. You made me come on the show live, and I had to listen to all of them. So, right. you know, I always appreciate that, girls, uh, ladies. Who, yeah, and, they're, and they're, they, they're really great, and they are the originators. We can't diss them. They, 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 they started a, this whole they thing. Had a diff, and they had a different point of view, and, and I appreciated it. It was a great looking show with, with feminist lens. Uh, and, you know, uh, and I kind of wrote the show for as a young woman show sure. uh, on, a, on a young boys network. So, you know, I always I found some simpatico there. But um, what I so what they did, I think it was after the first season year we did together, maybe second or third, the third season, they decided to do a staged performance of um, the Donna Martin graduates and uh, in which I was cast to play Mrs. Teasley. Jana, uh, Denise was cast to play Mrs. Teasley, but Amazing. I was cast to play uh, the, uh, the superintendent, and Gabby was in it, and uh, it was directed by uh, my, favorite, my favorite theater director, Lindsay Rosen, and, and it, we, we did it in Beverly Hills at the Fine Arts Theater and uh, to a packed house, and it was a lot of fun being on stage with her and, you know, and actually getting to, you know, release that part of my uh, personality, but also just, you know, being between she and Gabby and, uh, and being the adults on the stage. And uh, I, 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 I'm sure that, uh, that you can find that on YouTube somewhere. Um, yeah, sure. I, I hope so. I mean, if the blaze is out there, let us know where we can find that. And uh, I, by the way, I, again, Anytime the girls from the Blaze would like to come on the podcast and talk about their experience talking about 90210, I would love it. Um, Larry, what about you for Denise? I don't know that you closely worked with her because no, no. Uh, you know I, we, she, you know she came on. You know she was in the dreams of Dylan McKay. She was probably in the Ian birthday party greetings. I sure. think in, in, uh, in seven. And then she was on the podcast, and she was a real light on the podcast, especially the Christmas show where she kind of came dressed up. Uh, yeah, looked, that was little, fun. looked like a little elf there, and uh, and brought a lot of joy uh, and good tidings, uh, which was fun. No, she, I mean thinking about the character because again, I didn't work on it, but when you think about what was great about that character, it could have easily been a villain character like Dean Wormer or something like that, where the <laughs> you know, so it's the principal, it's the, it's an authority figure, right. But she was able to balance that line of, of, of being a disciplinarian and also loving these kids. And that's what made her beloved as a character on this series. And uh, it's to her credit and Chuck and Karen and everyone else who wrote those high school years uh, to be able to deliver that kind of a character for us. And that's why she's so important. Uh, Chuck, do you remember, I think Denise played something else initially um, before she was Mrs. Teasley. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't have what the specific of that was, but do you remember her coming in to read for this Mrs. Teasley? And was it, was that what it was going to be? Or did that sort of develop in time based on her performances? Do you remember that at all? I don't, unfortunately, I, 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 I wish I did. Um, do we, if you go into the, the cast numbers of times that you, with the IMDB, um, that's yeah, what I'm Don't pretty sure say. she. I'm pretty sure she shows up on 90210 in some other role first, and then she becomes this. Well, that you know, makes sense. You know what? What usually what what seems to be is that is that that what happened is is that she was really good in that role. Mm -hmm. Our casting director Diane um, Young liked her, and mo most likely was having some trouble finding people to play the character. Um, knowing what she would anticipate, what uh, me and uh, and Mr. Spelling would be looking for. Uh, I have so. the info. She, she she first appears on nine hundred two one zero in the seventeen year itch, which is probably why it's so forgettable to, to you. But she's Professor Harriet uh, Welkman. She's a professor. oh the twins. She did the twin study. Right. Yes. Yes, that was a very clever. That was my favorite part of the seventeen year old itch. That was. 
uh, Brandon and Brenda go to, to be part of a, a, a twin study at UCLA. And I guess it was just, you know, I get, we all now, so that that episode was really the first episode that Paul Wagner did. Okay. So, you know, maybe Paul had something to do with bringing her on in the beginning. And, uh, and then the idea of, well, Paul likes her and bring her back for this recurring role, which we knew would, would factor into multiple episodes, um, just by the very nature of, uh, Steve Sanders was going to get in trouble and somebody had have scenes with. When we first see the high school, there is some sort of, I don't know what he is, but he's like the principal, right? We, we see a, a guy that's sort of the authority figure there. Was, did that not work out? Like you had, and Mrs. Teasley came in at some point. We never get that in. We don't know what happened with the, the staff. We don't get all that backstory, but at some point that man leaves and we get Mrs. Teasley. So was there a need for this? Like, we're going to bring this person on. She's going to do this thing with Steve. We need someone that's going to be there for graduation. Is that sort of how it came up? And what happened with the other, the other, the other principal, if you recall? Well, the other principal would it, it it the other principal would be in the same category as before. There uh, was Jack McKay. There was another father of Dylan McKay. Fair. There were ten fathers of. Of Kelly, you know, Kelly, uh, you, mean, Kelly Taylor too. Yeah, you, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get an actress of Denise Dowsey's stature to come in and play one line or be a glorified extra in a thing. So you, you have to. Go, well, we need somebody now. This is where we're doing it. And um, you know, did I ever expect there'd be people like Maggie? in the world and, and, and Lisa that would know every effing thing that ever went on in the show from any, and, and, and forget what about professor Weiss. Professor Weiss. I could have never conceived that there were people watching the shows those cl that closely. So I thought we could, I, I obviously thought it didn't matter. We will get away with it. And although we didn't get away with it necessarily because there were so many good people scrutinizing it, um, it didn't matter who played before because once Denise Dows became uh, Mrs. Teasley, um, there would be there could be no other principal for West Beverly High. A couple little podcast notes I just want to mention. Larry has found Diane Young, and she is really this. She was a casting director for Nine Hundred Two and Zero through the first seven seasons, I think. And she is going to come on the show in September. She's really excited about this. She she has notes. She has notebooks. So this is going to. We're really going to get into. She'll know the Mrs. Teasley stuff. She notebooks. Is gonna, How did this, this go? This, How did this that is go? Not going to be. This isn't working. Having Diane Young come on the show and talk about stuff. I want to. What I want to do with Diane is have her talk about every season. Same yeah, exactly. No, I, I can't wait shows. for this, Chuck. Like, I'm so excited. You have no idea. I mean, we can, we're going to dine out on this for months. Oh, God. This is going to take us into sweeps, right? <laughs> no, but we can go character by character. We can look at guest stars. Who was up for the roles? She And she has notes. This is yeah. the thing that's really fascinating. Yeah, so she doesn't have I, to recall it from memory. She, yes. she wrote a note. You know, so. And I believe that if Diane Young wasn't the first person I hired on the show, she was the second person. So this is going to be, I mean, for pot, for the 90210 fans that are like, what's going on with the podcast? We're about to go character. We're going character driven now with Diane Young. She's going to help us figure out some of the characters and how they were created and where, and then who, who was casted and all that stuff. So we're yeah, she's never spoken. She's never spoken. And if she's got before. books, we Tons probably of. can find some names of people who became later famous doing other parts. I, I think that's who, weren't, be a uh, who didn't even get to come in and read for the producers. I want to ask you guys, because the other thing, too, about the podcast is I'm curious, you know, this this is the 90210 show came and you mentioned the blaze and you mentioned Sherry Weiss. I mean, now we're in a time where we're, everybody's looking back on this stuff from 30 years ago. But when those kinds of conversations happen for both of you, Sherry Weiss would like to talk to you about 90210 back then. Uh, the blaze would like to talk to you about 90210. Was it like, why? Why do they want to? What was your feeling then? I mean, now we're here, of course. But what was your feeling then? Well, The Blaze came to me uh, through uh, a woman writer uh, named Emily Fox, 
who um, was a huge 90210 fan and who um, uh, actually was one of the writer-producers, uh, coincidentally, on the show that Lindsay worked with, uh, Zoe's um, Playlist. And, um, but, uh, and I also did a pilot with her. Uh, she, uh, pilot didn't get on the air, so we, we uh, but I was the showrunner, if it did, that she wrote and produced. And uh, and then I think I believe we wrote one pilot together too. My last pilot, what ended my term in cream in, in show business, was from the woman who, <laughs> who introduced me to the Blazers. And I never held that against the Blazers, and really don't even hold it against my friend Emily. Uh, just a little bit, Emily. They just um, mean. They just mean. I never. They never ever reached out to me at all. I always felt that they should have, but I had no interest. Okay, but well, Sherry Weiss did, right? So how did Sherry you feel? did? Yeah. Oh, it just it was kind of like a voice in the wilderness, really. You know, that someone remembered the thing. We really weren't uh, clear that it was really uh, right. as iconic as as we assume now. I mean, you know, we didn't realize that there were all these fans out there in general. And with, people watching. with the Blazers, I, I tell you. So I listened to the one first podcast, and it was about the the third episode from the first season, one on one. And some of the points that we were making about race were went right over their heads. No offense, but it did. Right. And I wrote them a letter saying, guys, you don't you should have talked about this. You should have talked about this. You should have talked about this. And you should have talked about this. And they said, well, why don't you come on the show and talk about those things? So I was able to use it as a kind of this is what was going on in the 90s, because at that point when they were doing it, 2010, whenever it was, and Obama was president, it was a lot easier to make fun of yeah. uh, a, a, a culture that hadn't fully uh, woken up, as it were, and and they were doing that, so a little bit, so I had to, you know, stand up for the um, compromises that we had to make to survive the 90s. I think Let alone the 80s, guys. If you want to know what it was like working for networks in the 80s when Reagan was president and you're writing political social drama, that's a, that's another uh, kind of podcast. But that's a, that's a different business. All right. Well, let's get getting back to De- and a different country. Getting back to Denise. Um, let's see. This is the first I think she shows up here. April is the cruelest month. And this is some of the first stuff. Now, the first stuff that she does is that we learned that, and I don't know that we've ever covered it, but that Donna has a learning disability. So uh, this is where we first see her as Mrs. Teasley. Uh, There's a couple scenes here. Donna's not a loser. You've got to help her. Brenda, I appreciate your concern, but it's not really appropriate for me to be discussing Donna's situation with you. Yeah, but it's not fair that you just write her off. Who said anything about writing her off? In fact, I'm meeting with her this afternoon to explore options for her future. Look, I know not everybody is college material. Brenda. But I'm sure her grades and test scores don't show how smart she really is. I agree. That's why I'm meeting with her today. Oh. Come on, honey. Give me a little credit. Uh, that was written by Steve and Jessica, you know, Larry. I could just that that line, honey, give me a little credit. If there's not a more Jessica Klein line, uh, in, yeah, I was all yeah, of it. That's it. it. It's good. It's, you know, it takes off the mask for a second. She becomes, yeah, I like that's again. That's what helped build the character, right? So you yep, right. see two sides of it right there. You can see something about her performance too in the fact that she's able to be. I don't want to say a friend because she's the principal, right? So there's always going to be a, yeah, like she, something she, between them. But she can be cool with some of the kids and, you know, really be able to get down to their level and be on the same page. So I think that's something that Denise probably maybe even brought to that character. Well, she's good. Yes, yeah, she looks and sounds like a, an administrator. Right. And, you know, for me, a lot of times, um, you know, my, my orientation in a lot of ways was radio and not television going back to my my time working with National Public Radio. So when she's talking, I sometimes, and even in auditions, I would close my eyes and just try to listen to the person's voice. And it's a wonderful voice. And he's had a great speaking voice. And it commanded authority and kindness at the same time. You know, it wasn't, she wasn't shrill. Yeah. Um, and Chuck, let me ask you, because I don't know if we, I don't even know if I asked you this, but the, 
did Mrs. Teasley was based on someone, and Karen has referred to this in the Christmas show, on, on a, a, a Mrs. Teasley, right? Janice, Janice Teasley, who I do believe also was a teacher. She, uh, her son, um, she, her son Eric was in the same um, grade and same school as Lindsay, and um, and she was she and her and her husband Eric. Eric was a was a um, Sir Eric was a uh, uh, an engineer, and she was a teacher, and they were kind of L.A. Black society. Quite frankly, they lived in Windsor Hill. They were very interesting people. They were very nice, very friendly. Uh, and, um, so, uh, we, you know, I, I like to name characters after people I like when, especially if they're going to be likable. So, uh, we called her Mrs. Teasley. And, uh, when I say we called her Mrs. Teasley, all of us who worked on the show, but Aaron Spelling called her Mrs. Teasley. He always called her Mrs. Beasley. There was a company that, uh, um, delivered, uh, like gift baskets of cupcakes muffins and cookies and things like that mrs beasley and uh and spelling um spent a lot of money on gift baskets over his life a lot of cupcakes and a lot of mrs beasley so he could never differentiate that so he everyone who was teasley but if you ever call her mrs beasley that's okay too <laughs> well, especially because Aaron did. So you have Aaron did it, yeah. right. Did you ever correct him and say, I just want to let you know it's teasing? Every single fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Wasserman, Steve uh, Wasserman would be going like this. I can't believe it. <laughs> oh, it be, sure, Aaron. It would, no problem, Aaron. It would be very going, nice to get a Mrs. Beasley's basket. Why are you doing that? You know, <laughs> I love it. Uh, Larry, you were going to say something? Now, I was going to say that was a real studio perk because the studios used the Mrs. Beasley's to kind of send you little gifts and stuff. And, right. And, yeah, it was really kind of a standard of the industry. I'm sure it doesn't exist anymore. You think it does, Chuck, or no? I think if it is, it's on the last legs. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, of course, like Barbara's, like Barbara's place, the typing pool. <laughs> yeah, spelling kept that alive long after it, it, it deserved to be put out to um, pasture. Here's another clip. Of course, the other thing that happens is that uh, Dylan gets accused of cheating. I'm going to ask you about that too, Chuck. But here's the scene where Mrs. Teasley lets him know. You want to see me? Yes, Dylan. Come on in. I'm afraid I have some bad news about your SAT score. The board's denied your appeal. What? Deny? How the hell can they do that to me? I'm just as surprised as you are. Hey, I was there. I took the damn test. I know you did, but the proctor doesn't remember anyone coming in late. And since there was no prior record of your signature, they didn't feel there was enough evidence to support your case. They did say they'll let you take the test again. Yeah, that's real big of a Mrs. Teasley. Dylan, your only other option is to battle this out in court. Now, it's been done, but it's a lengthy process and there are no guarantees. So then it's official. I'm a cheater. I'm sorry. Good word. Sorry, Mrs. Teasley. Just describe this whole situation. This thing is sorry. Dylan. Really good stuff here. Um, I don't even know if we've ever talked about that. What whole. episode is that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> and I cut the clip. Uh -oh. But please I mean, help, please help us identify that episode. Um, but that's oh. but that was a big thing that was going on is that he supposedly cheated. He did, he didn't leave it. He left his name off. Right? Isn't that what happened? Well, in real life, or in no, the in, the, in the in the episode nine hundred two and zero. That's oh, okay. <laughs> this sounds like a Wasserman story. <laughs> no, this is a, this is a. Uh... A story of one of my closest friends in high school who did not take his uh, SAT at the high school with everyone else. He took it in Palm Springs and <laughs> he came back and everybody started comparing their scores and his scores were better than people who were arguably much better students than our friend Jackie. And by the way, one of those being me. And so it was, we all like, oh, well, and he said, I don't know. I just kept guessing. And I guess I kept guessing right. Well, he didn't 
guess that, that it would catch the eye, I guess, of the LSAT group, the company in Princeton, because they went after him and found him and made him take it again. And, uh, and I think he did take it again and, and uh, did um, not quite as well. So, no, you're not going to Stanford, young man. You're going to University of Oregon. But anyway, that was so, that's the real story of that happened while I was in high school. That's this Rebel was, with a Cause, that episode, I think. Rebel with a Cause. Yeah, oh, okay. Uh, I'm sure that's a title Luke loved. Because <laughs> <laughs> he never liked this uh, Hang big, a big James Dean comparisons. Yeah. But... It, it, if you remember in 90210, I believe that this was the time that he, it was senior year, and when he went up to see his father, when he wanted to get out of town, and went up to see his father, ran into the older horsewoman, yes. um, that's when he took the LSAT. It was in that period of time. Yes. And nobody knew him, and maybe he didn't, so I don't remember all the details. We'll have to look at it, maybe. But we used it as a point, look, it. if Luke wasn't, excuse me, if Dylan McKay wasn't really pissed off about something and feeling persecuted, there was something missing in our story arc. So we allowed this to, to become that for a while. And I think then it also made it be kind of a variable about, well, where's, where's Dylan going to college? Yes. So it was, it was a mark. It's something that had to be done and taken care of. And, um, perhaps factored out why, you know, in, in, he would the character would not have gotten accepted to Berkeley. Right. Really remember, good stuff, that though. Big, that's where he wanted to go to school, and he was not accepted. That's right. Uh, really nice stuff with the two of them, though, in that scene. Larry, what did you, what did you think of, of that? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah I, you know, I didn't know the background of the thing, but it, uh, no, it's always great to watch, uh, you know, uh, Luke uh, go off. <laughs> All right, let's take a look at this here. This is um, Mrs. Teasley uh, at Christmas. If you had given us sufficient notice, perhaps your spaces on the bus could have been filled from the long waiting list of students who would have been happy to join us at the Alvarado Street School today. But at this point, unless you have a note from your doctor saying that you have pneumonia, and I want to see that chest x-ray. I expect to see each and every one of your smiling faces on that bus. And I mean immediately. If not sooner, move. It's <laughs> oh, such good stuff, man. That is so vintage, Karen, and I want to see the chest x-ray. <laughs> anyway. But this is Mrs. Teasley. You know, it's fun, but she's, you know, showing her authority a little bit different, right? Right, and I love that look uh, with with uh, there Tori Donna Martin in the background going, "Yeah, you you know you thought you were gonna stiff me, not 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 gonna happen, you know, because I got the Mrs. T on my side." Absolutely. All right, here's some more. Here, this is uh, a more famous moment. Are you guys leaving already? Uh, we uh, left something in limo. Oh, well, make sure you come back inside in time for the raffle. We'll be there, Mrs. T. Okay. Later, Mrs. T. Donna, get up. Donna, are you all right? Hey, Mrs. T, how are you doing? Donna, Donna, you're drunk. Do you have any idea what this means? <laughs> that I, I've had too much to drink. She didn't have anything to eat today. Yeah, and we were just going to leave with her right now, yeah. huh? I uh, know. We'll take it from here. Thank you. Big moment. Iconic moment, right? She shall always be remembered. That's, yeah, absolutely. What'd I like that? that she reluctantly had to take it from here. Yeah. She didn't really want to, but she it, knew this was, yeah. had they made such a big deal about it that indeed she could not uh, use discretion and bury it, which is yes. Yeah. What administrators can do. This is you know, gave the character dimension. I mean, and then you know she really goes to bat for Donna, and I'll show that scene real quick. And the same, 
you know, this uh, it, w- with that whole thing with Ephart and all of that stuff. I'm calling the Beverly Hills Police Department. I think you're taking this too far, George. Give the kid a slap on the wrist and everyone goes home. Mr. Ephart, for the record, Donna Martin has never been a problem at West Beverly. In fact, this is a kid who overcame a learning disability and against all odds climbed her way to the top half of her class. I hate to see this happening to her. It could really hurt. The no drinking rule was passed unanimously by this board. What kind of a message do you think it sends when the first student that breaks it gets off? I wasn't here when you passed that motion, but did any of you consider the students' reactions? Oh, so now the students control the school board? I don't think so. What do they think this is, the Vietnam War? Well, I am not caving in to a bunch of hippie wannabes. With all due respect, sir, there are over 500 students out there. I don't care how many there are out there. We'll call parents, we'll notify colleges, recommendations will be revoked. You can't do that. Watch me. <laughs> this is really good. I mean, I, I love I love Gephardt so much. He's so good. He's so believable, but she, she, you know what? When we do the tribute show to him, we'll play that clip. Uh, play that clip again. Uh, but she, Denise, was really powerful in that scene. She took it on. I mean, that's something that we were. I don't know if we were seeing all the time on uh, television. Someone that would stand up, a yeah, woman, she was, you know, she was a student ad- advocate. You know, she was an advocate for her students. I mean, she understood the whole context of Donna, and that's it's great. Really, it was great to hear it, the information there, the call back to the learning disability, you know, all that stuff. You know, that's what made the series. What do you think of her performance there, Chuck? Well, just also, I think that the one thing is the, the 500 people out there. Yeah. 500 kids. And the, you know, just love to, to you know, the absurdity of this guy saying, we're going to rescind all their recommendations and that. Because <laughs> I actually got a recommendation. My principal rescinded a rec- recommendation to me. He threatened to do it. I had to tell him, uh, you know, Dr. Robertson, I've already been rejected. The <laughs> answer's <laughs> not going to care. I'm sorry. You know? Hipp- hippie wannabes, hippie wannabes. Yeah, hippie wannabes. And the, re- and the, the, the Vietnam War. <laughs> that, um, yeah, that, that, that was, that probably was more, if this would have happened in the late 70s, excuse me, early 70s, uh, certainly the Vietnam War would have been appropriate but this kind of action did happen in the 70s yeah. so it seemed yeah. to have the reaction to it somebody would would evoke that uh seemed, seemed fair i Someone just went to, who went to berkeley fans um, of the podcast to know that i have reached out to gephardt multiple times he's a rabbi now um <laughs> and he will not he will not do the podcast he's focused on rabbi work and he doesn't want to talk about his acting anymore mm-hmm. but i have tried multiple times to get gephardt on i the show. didn't know that yeah and he is so Talon will come on and we'll talk about uh, his feelings about the Palestinians and we'll um, and and we'll get in a couple of 90210 questions. Okay. He can say anything. He can say anything about the state of Israel or he can use his time to talk about the need to why uh, there should not be intermarriage. Anything this guy wants to talk about, let him talk about. He's so good in this in nine hundred two one zero. I mean, it's it's really. I mean, yeah. if it if, truthfully, Gephardt. I mean, he's a, he's a very good actor, and he gets everybody behind Donna. You need a really good. He's kind, he's not a villain, but he's really convicted in his you know in yeah, his he's, principles. He's, he's a villain. He's a villain. Okay, fine. But he's convicted in his principles. You know what I mean? He's, he's a heel. He's a heel. So I mean, he's a really good bad guy in this in this scene. Um, of course, there's the whole thing. We've never dived into Legacy Key because I don't know if Ian will ever come on the podcast to talk about it. I hope that he will one day. Please DM him and just say, please go do that on the 90210 show. Um, I know he's busy with lots of things going on, but uh, he does become at the center of this and Denise is involved in it. I have the clips of the resolution. Do you want to talk about the interplay between them when he was taught when he was caught and all of this stuff with this well only that him but for the for the purposes of what you have only only for the notion being that he um was probably not going to graduate because he was doing detention he had he had broken a significant set of rules um relative to cheating and um and she uh really had no patience 
for him, even if she did think he, you know, had a delightful sense of humor and could be very amusing and, and could see why other students uh, liked him a lot. And, and this, she, no matter what her feeling, I mean, he was a troubled st student who would get in trouble and that made her life more, more difficult. So, um, as everyone, uh, many people know, in one of our big production moments, um, uh, Steve uh, gets called up and sitting in the right seat, has the right ticket to be able to try a halftime shot at the uh, Laker game. He sinks it. He wins thousands of dollars. And all of a sudden, there's a donation made to uh, the um, the. Uh, Al, uh, the, the school that we use to uh, be where the Christmas uh, events were in this, a school that was losing its, uh, the, right. the, the school district no longer would support um, because they didn't lack the resources. And he made that donation to allow. Well, let me show the clips, Chuck. I have, that, I have those. I have those. I have those. Clips. Okay. You could have showed the clips and I wouldn't have had a football <laughs> battle on there. But. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> all I could say is 10 years from now, when you have all forgotten what you won in the senior poll, you will have forgotten what you blew the 10 G's on. Don't be so sure about that. So what are you going to do with the money? I'm going to spend it all in one place. It was the strangest thing. A messenger dropped off a certified check for $10,000 payable to the Alvarado Street summer camp. I can't believe it. <laughs> so, Counselor, you're back in business. Oh, Mrs. Teasley, I mean, this is amazing. Who's it from? Well, that's the strange part. The donor wished to remain anonymous. You know, you hear about stuff like this. A pure, unselfish gift. Aren't you dying to know who did it? Someone with $10,000. <laughs> I guess Santa Claus came early this year, huh? <laughs> No. Really great, you know. And then she does a couple episodes uh, later. They have this conversation. Come in, Mrs. Teasley. Am I catching you at a bad time? No, not at all. Come on in, Mrs. Teasley. Before we start, can I say something? No. You know, Stephen, it's been my experience that every class has at least one unredeemable student, a student whose values are so warped that punishment has no effect. That's your way of telling me that I'm not graduating tomorrow? May I finish, please? Sure. Knock yourself out. And I realized early on that you were the member of the class of 93 whom I would have to write off until I realized I'd misjudged you. You had? Your grades since December have improved, no doubt due to the extra study time and detention. But the real awakening came when I found out that on the day after you had won $10,000 for making the half-court shot at the Laker game, someone donated $10,000 to the Alvarado Street Summer Camp Fund. Really? Someone whose return address happened to be the Hartley House? What a coincidence. What a wonderful thing to do. Bro, bro! Mrs. Teach is actually write me a letter of recommendation to any college I want to go to. You know what this means? This means that I get to go to any college I want to. I'm going to go to California University. You, man. Steve. You to me. Hey, Steve. You kiss me, I'm going to slap you. You didn't think she liked me, did you? She loves me. Loves. Really nice California stuff California University, a little foreshadowing there. Very good. Nice work there, Chuck. Yes. Right. Well, we was this is this was the episode right before I was all that was commencement. Both those scenes were from commencement. Yes. And um, the uh, you know, the fact that and then what, what was great to learn later in commencement, of course, is that he did put Hartley House as the return address because he did. This was not going to be any anonymous gift as far as <laughs> he wanted to get to that California University and graduate with his fellow. He knew friend. what he was doing. And exactly. Yeah. But he, but he, you know, he made the shot. So, and in real life, when he, he, he did it twice, which is two shots, both of them rimmed out. So he won over the fans 
doing that at that moment because when uh, uh, Ian comes out as Steve to do the shot and we're rolling, he is booed like crazy. We loop the whole thing because, yeah. you know, what's this uh, interruption of the game? White boy from Beverly Hills just came to Inglewood. That's when they, we'd still played at the forum. So, I mean, Ian has, I happened to get lunch with Ian a couple of weeks ago and he was telling that story uh, about this, this basketball thing. And he, and I think he told it on the podcast here that he ran into Jack Nicholson in the bat in the, in the bathroom. And he said uh, he was peeing next to Jack Nicholson, and he said, "Nice shot, kid." <laughs> That's right. So, only only VIP bathrooms for nine hundred two and O stars. <laughs> and I mean, uh, it, there's a special place where you go to to go to the bathroom when you when you have four seats. And uh, um, eligible for that. Just a couple of things about about this about the Ian and Mrs. Teasley chemistry, Chuck. What did you think of that? Denise well, Ryan. that's that one student, you know, and and when there's a student that is so much of a a you know problem and and just so much of your attention, you've just got to appreciate the scamming qualities and everything about. It. So you do know that she does appreciate him, and she also would appreciate. You, she is the principal of of West Beverly High, where a lot of students are. Um, children of celebrities and things like that and the unique uh, burden that can play on households. So I think she also knew that as well, that, you know, mm. that there's something about showbiz kids that make it particularly tough to uh, sometimes to live in their skin. Uh, Ian on his Instagram, uh, you know, had said that throughout all my years working on Beverly Hills 90210, my scenes with Denise will always be remembered with the utmost respect for her talent and fondness for the loving soul she was. And uh, some of my heartiest off-camera laughs were between she and I hammering out the discipline her Mrs. Teasley would dish out to Steve Sanders. So uh, it's a very nice uh, tribute that Ian did, and I know Tori did. Tori and Jenny did on 90210-OMG. And uh, so everybody was greatly touched by uh, Denise Douse, for sure. Um, okay, then you guys bring Denise back in the dreams of Dylan McKay. We lose the character, but she comes back in a different form. Larry, do you want to touch on on this? Uh, well, she's just part of the hallucination, you know. It's just, uh, you know, I just think that, you know, we're just trying to, again, you know, we had a lot of respect for the past. So it was always good that we could kind of mine things that the super fans would really uh, appreciate. It was kind of little nuggets for, you know, like you build up equity. The more show you watch, the more you're going to get. Also, I remember in putting it down, you know, here here you're in this position where, um, you know, he's near he's battling life and death and you have a character that you're going to assume is going to be has been, you know, a positive force in your life. And certainly in the memory, the collective life of our uh, viewers and um, that's uh, not her purpose in in this particular incantation. So. Well, here's the clip. Welcome back, Mr. McKay. We thought you were a goner there for a while. How are you feeling? A little weird. Well, that's what happens when you go into a coma. You look like my high school vice principal. Do I? Mrs. Teasley. I know the doctors are anxious to give you a thorough examination. Dylan, we've been so worried about you. What did you start doing speedballs for? You remember Suzanne and Kevin, don't you, Dylan? And their daughter, Erica? You remember them, right? Clearly, he's been through an ordeal. Well, he'll feel a lot better once we give him his injection. Please help me, Dylan. She's love good. it, love that. Oh, God. Yeah, that's just. So I believe that delicious. was also the first scene that we filmed in that episode. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, interesting. I believe so. That who was, was nice. Who was that director? The first day of? was in the hospital. Oh, everything was the hospital. Chuck, who was the director uh, of that? Was that uh, Scott? Uh, Scott Pollard. Mm, yeah. So sorry. Yeah. Um, another person who will not come on the podcast, Chuck. Any reasons that you can think of? Maybe tying back to this. 
I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's accosted, you know, because he plays a villain also on the show. And sometimes sure. when you play a villain, people are hard to well in public. <laughs> um, you guys bring her back, Larry. I don't have all the clips, but you do bring her back for, I think, in a clip for Steve's birthday party. I think she yeah, sends a message. Yeah, there's a message from Mrs. Teasley. And uh-huh, definitely. They bring her back in season eight or nine and in a really weird way where something's happening with David. He gets accused of, you know, having sex with an underage girl that listens to his radio station. It's really it's really off. And Dylan has to come and save the day. Uh, The girl lied about her age. So David didn't know how old she was just for clarity. And so they bring her back and they go back to the school because she's the principal still and she goes to school at West Beverly. So we see her there and then they bring her back at the finale you know, for the whole, uh, for for Donna's uh, wedding. And I have a small clip of that. And I know you guys don't love watching that, but it's very short, so. Okay, ready, set, go. Oh. Start your, oh. go, 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 Help, my bachelorette party blows. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm sure. I... <laughs> yeah, well, that's just one. Right, and, and if Larry and I would have written it, it wouldn't have blown, Donna. Uh, for sure, that's a valid point. And my point is, did you see who was at Donna's no. bachelor party? This is the no. season ten finale. This is the last episode of the show. She doesn't have Claire. She doesn't have uh, you know Emma Emma Caulfield. She doesn't have anybody that would you might want to bring back in any way from nine hundred two one zero. It's Mrs. Teasley is in her her bachelor party. Her mom, you know, obviously Lindsay Price's character and Kelly. But, you know, I think Valerie does stop by. But, like, I mean, all the different people that could be in this girls that she's known and she's interacted with in the series. And this is the people that they bring to the to – the, what was the point? Just go all in. It's the end, right? Do you have any idea why they wouldn't go all in at the end with everybody coming back? They didn't know. They didn't know any better. They might not have known the uh, past. Um, I would just say, uh, you know, whatever it was, whether it was number 298 – or 200 or 198 or 98 or it doesn't matter what the number is this is an episode that was produced by spelling and they're going uh budget budget who do they want those people the fewer the better was gabrielle in the episode gabrielle's there no brandon brandon sends a jason had already left the show sends a puts a videotape together you know what I mean? And, you know, I mean, I think everybody would have at least liked to see Brandon at the at the wedding. We could talk about the... the... I think he... does. Hasn't Jay uh, kind of apologized for not being there? He has said that. Yeah. He has said that, yeah, in real life, yes. All right, and, you know, Denise, we're talking about all the contributions that she's made on uh, in 90210 in the universe. And, of course, you guys alluded to it earlier. She definitely came on this podcast a couple of times uh, last season of... Our... <laughs> Of our podcast, I guess she put to get, put a little video together, and she was in the the, the London thing that we did. Oh, um, okay. yeah, but the previous year of the Super Deluxe Christmas Party, um, she appeared with Mark Kiley and Gabrielle, and I have that clip of uh, her return and all of that. We've got the faculty here. But and Denise, we couldn't do this segment without this person. Tired and I'm crying. I can't stand it. Yeah, great to see you. A question for you: uh, Seeing these guys, uh, Gabrielle and Mark, all these years later, what is what is your what are you feeling today? Well, you know, it's so interesting. We were at the holidays, and um, Mark, I haven't seen you in forever. Forever. But we were like the grown-ups. Yeah. And um, but what we were were received with grace, because at the end of the day, the show wasn't about us. And what's Gabrielle saying about us being the anchors? And I think that that's who we were, because the story was about kids. And right. and um. You know, I've been in touch with Gabrielle over the years, and I'm so proud of her accomplishments and what she's done for SAG, what she's done for the union. But, you know, we, we, we touch people's lives and we entertain. 
That was you have a big part in my heart because I the way it worked with character payments is whoever had the first episode with a character in it got paid a few hundred dollars every time she reappeared. And I got the I got the character payment for Mrs. Teasley. So it was it's always a pleasure. It's a wonderful time of year. <laughs> it was the one that we started the show with, with Don and the learning disability with you know, I you give me a little credit, dear. Yeah. Uh, 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 you know, a lot of people don't know. We just did a thing with Pluto TV a couple of weeks ago, and I had reached out to Denise about joining us on that um, yeah. that thing that we did. But of course, we didn't know what was going on with her at that time. But she would definitely have been there. I know she was always asking to participate and be a part of the things and was just so appreciative to the entire 90210 universe. And I know Darren Martin has met her and, and that group of people. And so um, every time I reached out to her, she was always an immediate yes. And she just wanted to be a part of all of this. And she told me one time that she looked at her time at 90210 as a blessing and that all of this that came from it and all the people that have reached out to her, she will always be grateful for. So she has had that conversation with me and um, just an absolute wonderful person. And I only got to know through the podcast, you guys have known a while, you know. So um, any last thoughts that you guys want to say about Denise? Larry, I'll go with you first. Well, it's just spirit sore. I mean, she just was a light, you know, so a wonderful spirit there. And uh, so glad the, the show, you know, filled her up and made her life, you know, gave, gave some real the wholeness to her life and she had a, a, a very good career after it too i mean we shouldn't forget she was still working as of a couple of years ago yes but it's it's disturbing you know seeing obviously jessica too i mean uh these are young people i mean they are young people younger than chuck and i mm -hmm. yeah i know and uh and like i said you know uh you know one of the things when you when it, given what my role was on the show that i i i, I think it, pete is one is very always very surprised to find out how little interactions I did with the guest cast once they were cast. There were very few actors that really became, you know, oh, this is one of Chuck's guys or friends and made a point. Mark Kiley being one of them or sure. Mark Damon Espinosa. They were, they were very, very, they were the, the minority. Most of them I never saw. Denise was someone who was always great and we'd be there at the holiday parties and whatever and always be very nice that way but really it was really that one time when i got to perform with her on stage and she's that she's delivering those gephardt lines that we saw to me because i'm gephardt and you know it was really really good to be there and she's always very warm and and when we did come to that final day of shooting where where of, of the wedding in, mm -hmm. in the, you were there right Chuck? you were at the the season 10 my finale. kids wanted to go so karen and i we were all there and mm -hmm. denise was there as well and i re remember seeing her there and taking pictures with her and the family that are on we have this thing that rotates pictures in our living room of the, the family collection and every once in a while i'll see denise's uh smiling face from that day well, she was very touched, and she was a very big part of um, our my nine hundred two and zero growing up. And we all have something that she did. We kind of covered those here today. So this has been the Mrs. Teasley episode. Much more cool stuff happening here in the nine hundred two and zero show. Like I said, Diane Young is coming, and we have a, a lot of other episodes to catch up on. So if you guys want us to catch uh, to do something specific, watch along or some episode that you want us to that we haven't covered yet. Let me know what that is, and we'll be happy to do that for you. We're taking requests. Okay, guys, this has been great. Good seeing you both, and we will catch up next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, Pete. You Bye, Larry. Man.